I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Alexis Kimbrough, your music money mentor, and this is Bridge the Atlantic. Welcome to Brazil Antiques Interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcy Novelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Uh, speaking of which, if you'd like me to work on your next song or album, just get in touch. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Patreon as my name, Marcio Novelli. We are excited to share that we've made some pretty huge updates to our Patreon page and we invite you to become an official patron of the show to help us grow and go. go. <laughs> Perks really include know. early access to content, sponsored ads at the start or end of our shows, as well as your chance to co-host an episode alongside your two favorite co-hosts, us. You know, it's I, true. I was, you, yeah, it's you, true. you stole that from me. I was about to say that, you know, hopefully... When we say the two favorite co-hosts, they know that we are referring to ourselves. It's obviously us. Come on. We've also got some <laughs> official BTA shirts available to purchase on our website as Marcio and I are modeling mm-hmm. right now. Um, there's a link to them in our show notes. So if you use the coupon code BTA Rocks, whether you agree with that or not, we will give you 10% off your purchase. Is our little way of saying obrigado. <laughs> if you're watching the video version of the show, you'll see that I'm drinking out of a champagne glass. Um, it's actually kombucha. Um, it's, it's not an alcoholic beverage, um, but it is in celebration of my brand new, not so brand new EP that just came out that didn't just come out in March of this year. It's called the reimagining volume one. Uh, you you can listen to it anywhere you like to download or stream music. I encourage you to share it freely with the world, spread the love because isn't that what the world needs more of? We certainly do. We need more love, Marcio, more love. (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of love, uh, Our guest today is Alexis Kimbrough out of Atlanta, Georgia. Alexis is the founder of Growth Group, an accounting firm focusing on musicians and creative businesses. And with Growth Group, Alexis helps musicians manage their taxes, plan for recording and touring and more. Alexis has dedicated her accounting career to helping music creators make a prosperous living by loving their craft. And we're excited to hear the advice she would offer to musicians on managing their finances and making their music career profitable. Welcome to the show, Alexis. Thank you, guys. Glad I was to s- be here. Yeah, I was going to say, you can probably offer some advice, not just to musicians, but pretty much anyone in the music uh, music and entertainment industry. Um, it's all very uh, relatable, I guess, to one another. It is. It's not always just musicians. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's recording studios, mm-hmm. record labels, DJs, uh, however you may identify yourself. Um, there's other uh, music industry professionals that we help, too. 
um, if they're just certain, like music lawyers, for example. So kind of all of yeah. the music ecosystem all together. And that's why you're on the show. But before we dive into all that fun, nerdy stuff, tell us three things <laughs> about yourself <laughs> that everyone should know. Uh, I guess the first thing is definitely that I'm a music fan first. Um, I have been listening to music my entire life, obviously, like the most of us. But um, growing up, my mom was uh, singing and, and directing choirs in church. And so that's kind of where my musical background began. Um, the second thing would be that I went to college on a music scholarship. Most people don't necessarily know that. Um, I was a flute player in the marching band at Howard University. Um, and so, you know, if you've ever seen the Stomp the Yards or the um, the the movies about um um, historically black universities and the marching bands it really is like that and i didn't know until i went um so you know we do a lot of dancing um that goes along with it so that was a lot of fun in my college time um so i played flute like i said for them and then um lastly is that i really have a passion for music education um i my background is that obviously i couldn't go to college without having that, that music scholarship and so even though I didn't major in music or learn to teach music to other people, that's what kind of paid my way. Um, and so Growth Group is, in, an, in essence, kind of my give back to the music community that gave to me because I wouldn't be an accountant without having had that skill um, growing up. So music education was really big for me. I was, I was really into it in like my high school and like elementary school years. And that really paid off into college. And, you know, I don't have as many student loans because of it. That's awesome, too, because you obviously went the musical route either way, though. You're still working with musicians on a daily basis, and that's evident with your love for music. It all makes sense. Just, just you know, you can go a path in music and not be the musician. Right, know? exactly. We need you. <laughs> we need people <laughs> yeah. like you for us to do what we're doing, you know? Right, yeah. And it's it's interesting. A lot of the people that I went to college with ended up being like, if we were all in the band, but we weren't necessarily planning to become music educators ourselves or performers ourselves, um, we ended up being entertainment attorneys or entertainment accountants or marketers and, and web designers, etc. for people who are specifically in the music industry. So it's an interesting thing how that all tied together. For sure. It's a similar path to what I took because I, I studied popular music performance at university, but then obviously I'm not a performer now. I'm doing websites for musicians. Um, but yeah, it's funny how that love for music can really push you into a slightly different direction, but you still end up working within the music industry in, in some way. Um, right. and, then, and then you've got me who decided against going to university for music and instead did a double major in philosophy and psychology. <laughs> has nothing to do with music. And I'm the musician. <laughs> so what does that say? I don't know. Yeah. So Alexis, as someone who works with musicians every day, can you break down some of the biggest misconceptions artists have around making money? Because I know that there's definitely that whole, I want to say dichotomy. I know Marcio likes that word. I love Between that uh, music and money or yeah. creati creativity and money, I guess. I think the biggest fear is that you're a sellout if you make money. You know, and I think that's a big thing. It's like, you know, oh, well, I just do it for the love of it. Yes, you do it for the love of it. But if you want to support yourself doing it, then you also have to engage in the commerce of it all um, and realizing that it's not just in, it's not just about the creativity. Obviously, that's extremely important. You have to have really good music. Otherwise, it's not going to sell anyway. Um, but in, in addition to the creative, you have to be willing to market yourself. Otherwise, it's not going to sell. It's not going to support you. And so I think the biggest thing is kind of oh, I'm creative, I'm in it for the love of it, and I'm not in it for the money, so I'll just devalue myself and not take what I'm really worth or what my true value is. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest misconception is that 
you give up the creativity if you now make a profit from what you do or you're able to support yourself from what you do you do if you're not a starving musician then something's wrong and somehow you're not as creative as as you know you know the ones who are and i completely think that's wrong um yeah it's, it's a huge thing like to to really truly value what you do and what you offer the world i think as musicians you all change people's hearts honestly like you there's there's so much emotion that you bring to it whether it's happiness whether it's you know sadness whether it's a relation um between hey i understand exactly what those lyrics are about i've been through something similar um there's so many connections that you all make that are so valuable to people um that brings even like a nostalgia like an old song that you've heard and the memories that it brings back there's psychology tied to it so that's really valuable. Um, and I think that it's one of those things that creatives and musicians specifically have to remember that they're truly bringing a valuable service to the public um, that they deserve to be compensated for. Um, maybe not the traditional way of selling CDs. that's not working as well anymore, but really, really realizing that what you offer to the world is valuable and that there's no shame in that at all. I used to be in that boat where it was like, you thought, I thought it was a sellout if you made money or whatever. And I just want to say there is a middle ground. Anyone listening to this right now, there is a middle ground. You can, because selling out does not mean you make money. Selling out means that you're, you're doing something that you, that's not true to your heart. Right. Agreed. If someone, if someone pay, if a record company, this would never happen, but and now in this day, but gave you a million dollars to do the music just that you're doing right now, is that selling out? Or if they came to you with $50,000 and said, we want you to do this completely different record, that's selling out more than getting, you know. 20 times the amount. So that's my little spiel. <laughs> right. Yeah. If it's not true to you, who you are or yeah. what you really do, then of course it's kind of more of a sellout. You're taking a sponsorship yes. for a product that you don't believe in. Yes. Something like that. That doesn't make sense. But if it's a, a water that you buy and drink every day and yeah. then they just so happen to, you know, or you ask them even to, um, to sponsor you and, yeah. you know, you now endorse their product. To me, that's not a sellout move. That's just you telling the public, this is what I drink already. And if you're interested, you can buy it as well. And look, um, if you so like, yeah. yeah, if you like what an artist is doing, you want them to keep doing it, support them, you know, and I know we've been saying this for years, but really like, I'll use myself as an example. I'm in my early thirties. I've got two little kids. If I, if I can't make money, if I can't, you know, live in the, I, you can't live in this world without money. So if I can't support myself through my music, I can't do it anymore. I'm going to have to go do something else. You know what I mean? And that goes for any other artist or any musician out there. So don't get upset when an artist wants to make money off it. You know, like, of course, we all want to do what we love and be able to support ourselves off it so we don't have to do something else. You know what I mean? And then we can't do that anymore, right? Right, exactly. Very passionate thing for me. So we will move on. Um, (laughs) You know, we're still on the topic of money because, of course, this is what you do on a daily basis. Um, But, you know, what would you say are some of the most common money-related problems that you see uh, with musicians? And most importantly, how can they avoid them? Okay. So um, the first part is not uh, or wanting to quit the day job, for example, without uh, a safety net, Right. Um, and it's kind of like, hey, I just I hate what I'm doing. It doesn't serve my creative energy. It wastes all my time. Um, and then just deciding, OK, I'm going to leave and do music full time. And once I put my all of my energy into that, it's got to blossom. Right. And it's like but you haven't really built up the systems and the processes and even the savings um, in order to be able to kind of boost yourself when there are hard times, because none of us are going if you're an entrepreneur of any any um, genre or any type of industry, whether it's web design, whether you're a musician, whether I'm an accountant, there are slow days or there are slow times of the year. And so when you're ready for that and you have the kind of boost or the savings behind it, 
then you're doing something that you should be. And that allows you the kind of foundation there to be able to support yourself when those hard days come. Um, And so what I would say to fix that is to kind of systemize your savings. So um, instead of just simply like, you know, every dollar that comes in is now going completely out the door, taking a percentage of that each time that you earn and putting that into a savings account. That way, when those rainy days come, you kind of have a fund there um, to save you or to catch you um, in those times when you really need it. Um, And so a lot of times artists first come to me and they have like zero savings, maybe not even a business savings account. Um, So we fix that part first and then systemize the savings to where you almost don't miss it because it, you know, it would have been lattes or, you know, something random that you almost don't even realize um, that you're spending on. Perfect. That's exactly my mentality. You have to save. You have to save and pretend like that doesn't exist. Yeah, I think it's sometimes hard to to think about it first, like, oh, I don't make enough to save anything. Um, But if you make a habit of it from the beginning, then you really get the most benefit out of it. I think I think if you think as in turn uh, in term of percentages, is that how you kind of work it? Like, it doesn't matter how much you make. People think, well, I can't say that much, but you, everyone can take ten percent of what they make, five to ten percent of what they make, and put that away. And you do have to make sacrifices, like you said. It could be a latte or whatever. Maybe you're not getting those five dollar lattes anymore. Maybe you buy a bag of it, and you can get like twelve lattes or twelve <laughs> coffees out of it, or fifteen. You know, these are the things you have to do. Right. Like small, you know, they can be small adjustments. It'll be stuff that you don't even really realize. It's like, I have a guilty pleasure of uh, getting Reese's peanut butter cups every time I'm at the grocery store. So it could be something that's like that simple, you know, simple to where it's just things that it's like, uh, I'll go ahead and buy that on impulse. It's normally more impulse um, types of things that you're kind of giving up. So let's um, save on impulse. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it is a percentage. I normally say, you know, if you really think you can't afford it, Start with 3% um, and go ahead and build up from there. So then you can go to 5 and then go to 10. And if you're doing really well and you're super profitable, you can go up from there. Um, oh, okay, but generally, gotcha. you want to try to get to 10. Um, mm-hmm. and Because a lot of people, it's, it can be hard to go. If you're making $6,000 a month, 600 may seem like a lot. Like, Ugh, I didn't have 600 left over last month. So how is it that I'm going to save 600 this month? Um, and so that's also the importance of taking yeah, it. You're talking to a musician from, here when you say 6,000 yeah. a month. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is. <laughs> so I'm thinking that of some different thing. figures, right? When I say 10%. So. <laughs> yeah, and I, I completely understand. It depends yeah. on where you are in your career. Obviously, we don't know who's listening to Bridge the Atlantic this time and what their situation is. <laughs> Who knows um, if anyone's listening. <laughs> they are, they are. <laughs> but, you know, depending on your situation, at whatever it is that you may be thinking, hey, I can't afford to do that much because I didn't have that left over last month. But if you save from the beginning, so you get a thousand dollars from a venue or whatever, you're launching something new mm-hmm. and you know, you sell out all your merch. Um, when that happens, it's like, Hey, I got a thousand dollars immediately take a hundred of it mm-hmm. and forget about it yeah, and, exactly. as if it's not yours and then kind of work your way from there. So I think that would be one of the biggest things that I see is that you're not really ready for a rainy day. Um, Cause you haven't saved anything. And just a quick question too. Do you ever yeah. suggest that, like, because obviously you have to, I don't want to say you got to treat it like a business, but it is in a way, you know, it, it's a very honest business, but um, when you're, when you're an artist, but it's, um, do you, do you suggest artists kind of pay themselves and then also pay like their business? Is there like a mindset, like that's a separate thing, pay yourself for your own personal bills. But then is that kind of what the savings is? The savings is kind of like paying the business? A little bit. So I can break it down a little bit further for you. So generally what I say is that you should have four different accounts or things that you're kind of breaking into percentages. So obviously when you're in business, right, you're going to have an income. So that all goes Mm -hmm. into one account. 
And then you're breaking it up by percentages into a few different places. So savings, like we talked about. So that's somewhere between 5 and 10%. Um, at least here in the U.S. and probably also in Canada, et cetera, you're going to have to also pay taxes. So you're going to want to set aside a piece of that as well for taxes. Um, and then you also have the operating costs of what you're going to be doing business-wise for your music. And then you also have you. Um, but I think you come first, right? So the first thing that should come out is you. So generally that should be somewhere, if if you're making 100000 or less, right? We're going to just leave it at that. If you're making 100000 or less per year, you're going to want to pay yourself oh, at that's least 50%. But yeah, that's it. 50%, right? So you get 1500 goes to you to pay household bills, etc. 10% goes towards your savings. And then you've got the other percentages that are broken up between taxes and your operating. Um, so yeah, you should have obviously the operating of the business, but you should also pay yourself first, um, save second, um, and then be able to set aside money for taxes as well if you're profitable. That is such valuable, valuable information. Very valuable. Absolutely. Everyone take notes. <laughs> Yeah, and this actually leads quite well. And I think in some ways you've already answered this just by providing information. But why is it important for musicians to have an accountant on their team? And when is the right, quote unquote, right time for an artist to bring an accountant on board? Yeah, I get that question a lot um, about when you should bring an accountant on board or when you're ready for one. Um, I think you should start with one once you start making money. So once you've actually monetized your, um, your art in some type of way, whether that's CD sales or merch sales, however it is. At that point, you should bring in an accountant, even if it's just as a coach for a specific amount of time so you can kind of get some advice going forward. So like I've talked about today, we can get those systems set up to where you're kind of automatically making sure you're paying yourself and your taxes and saving, et cetera, and not overspending for things. Um, We can also, uh, you know, one of the other good things that having an accountant on your team can be, well, maybe I'm not, you're not earning what you think you should be. And so we kind of audit even your time. So yeah, we audit your money, but we also kind of audit your time. What are you spending your time doing? That's kind of producing. Maybe instead of you spending all this time doing this, you could be out performing while you have an assistant that checks your email and, and uh, social media, for example. Um, I know Christine was on one of you guys' previous um, uh, podcasts or, or uh, shows. And she, and I know that's what it's one of the things that she offers is virtual assistants and so, social media and so if you invest in something like that and it frees up your time to perform more, create more music, it could be a good trade-off. So we kind of talk about those things too. Um, so once you started monetizing, right, so you do have money coming in, it'd be good to bring in an accountant um, to start helping you build up. Alexis, are you ready yes. for 20 questions? Yeah, let's go for it. I don't let's know do what this is going to be like. Let's do this. Coffee <laughs> or tea? Tea. Chai. Meat or veggies? Veggies. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. Indie or major? Indie. Education or experience? Ooh. Experience. Kansas or Georgia? <laughs> Kansas, that's where my family is. CD or vinyl? Oh, definitely CD. TV or Netflix? Netflix. 100%. Talent or attitude? Ooh. Talent. I think I know the answer to this one. Zero or QuickBooks? Oh, zero. <laughs> oh, really? I'm a QuickBooks yeah. person. Yeah. I never tried zero, though. Yeah, you should try it. Spotify or Pandora? I'm a Pandora listener. I haven't opened up the Spotify yet. Really? Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that Discover Weekly playlist on Spotify. All it plays love for it. me is post-hardcore. <laughs> That's all it well, plays for me. I, I love post-hardcore, but I like other stuff, too. <laughs> That, yeah, I have not. I haven't even gotten into 
into Spotify yet, but I've heard so much good about it. But yeah. I'm, I started with Pandora, so it's hard to switch back. Oh, of course, of course. Janelle Monet or Mary J. Blige? Ooh, Janelle Monet. Aladdin or The Lion King? Both my childhood <laughs> the, favorites. The Lion King. Oh, I probably funny. know all the lines. Yeah. I yeah. actually think I watched them both so much, but I think I watched Aladdin a little bit more. I knew okay, every single song. Okay. Had, that had the best soundtrack. I'm just saying. It, uh, yeah, it, it does. Very have good. Seth Godin or Gary Vaynerchuk? Ooh, um, I'd say Gary Vaynerchuk. I Game like of his, Thrones like, or The Walking Dead? Game of Thrones. <laughs> I just finished all six seasons in like three months. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Binge. <laughs> yeah. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Jackson. Was that an easy answer? Or is that a tough one? That was an easy answer for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Batman or Superman? Ooh, uh, Batman. Whale or Kale? <laughs> I'd have to choose Whale. They just rhyme, Alexis. I mean, we, we have to upgrade, uh, update some of these, you know, <laughs> Ross, we're going to have to update some of these because this one just rhymes too. Bette Midler or The Riddler? Uh, The Riddler? Sure, I don't know. Is it a question, or are you tricking us? There's are no you answer. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, the Riddler. <sighs> and your final question. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee. Ross or Marcio? Ooh. Okay, let's see. That's a tough one. Is I'd it? have to say Ross oh. this time. <laughs> it was so Maybe tough that time. she took so long to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Ross and I started working together, what, back in 2013? <sighs> yeah. And, um... Yeah, I think he's referred me several people, and I think I've done the same for him over that time period. So it's been a really you know, good working relationship. Luckily, I've been making music for the better half of my life, and mm-hmm. I've dealt with with rejection on a daily basis. <laughs> so luckily, my thin is my thin. My skin, my thin, is so thick. You know, well, I I say but, temporary. Um, I do it's cry weird. after every time, after every episode. That's something <laughs> that, that most people don't know. I, I have, a, and we, we survived, I guess, and I just, you know, sob, and Ross always has, oh, what no. do you do, I Ross? Like How do you help me when I'm sobbing? Say, oh, no. It's important to say <laughs> that that question was Marcio's idea. It was. <laughs> right, so there you go. I actually get a sick pleasure out of people not picking me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> oh, let's, let's move on. For musicians who are looking to record an album or go on tour, but don't have savings because they haven't, Put anything away. Um, and if they're unsure about budgeting, um, what's some actionable advice you can offer to get them on the right track right now? Right now. Let's see. Um, I would say start with the resources that you already have. Um, if you have a microphone at home, start there. Um, the first, it's, it's about being able to then give it to other people later on when you do have the savings to kind of make it better. But if you have record with whatever you have, you know, get some beats online from there's like different places that they might be like 30 bucks. You don't have to necessarily go to a major recording studio to do things. So work with what you already have. Start there and then be able to build up later. So if you don't have a huge budget or whatever. Um, the other thing I've seen a lot of people do, especially with touring, etc., um, is to really contact the people who are already their fans and ask them for support. Not literally monetary support, maybe, but if you have gas in a car, you can get there. Um, and then you're just really kind of performing in house concerts, et cetera, and being able to bring in cash that way. Um, so really, I would say use the resources in terms of monetary resources or skills that you have first. Um, and then also the resources in terms of other people, the connections that you've made um, and being able to ask them for small things that you may need. 
um, in order to kind of make things happen. Makes sense. Absolutely. Literally makes sense. <laughs> it does. And for musicians who are looking to work with an accountant like yourself, what should they be looking for and what questions should they be asking? After they've obviously tuned into this episode, of course. Right, right. considered you. <laughs> right. Of course, I would, uh, the first couple of questions that I would ask is how they're going to help you to reach your goals. So if they haven't asked you what your goals are, then there's no way that they're going to be able to help you to achieve those um, monetarily, financially, anything like that. But they need to have a picture of kind of where you're going. So make sure that they're asking you a ton of questions um, so they can get a feel for where you are and where you're trying to go. Um, and then I would definitely ask them a couple of questions, whether or not they're certified. Um, that's important. Um, whether or not they're, you know, it's legal for them to be doing what they're doing. There's a lot of financial coaches out there who have experience, but not necessarily education. So you kind of want to bridge between the two with people who have both experience working with people like you. And that might be one of the questions. Do Have you worked with musicians before? Right. Um, a lot of people haven't. And you want, they want, you want to make sure that they have the knowledge um, in terms of working with you guys specifically. And then um, another thing is obviously the education part, asking whether or not they're certified, which, like I said, it's a balance between the two. You want them to have the experience and the education both. Um, but then I would also ask questions about kind of where they see themselves being able to help you. What, what have they done for people in the past that they could see you being able to live up to in the next 12 to 18 months um, and realizing whether or not they have like specific uh, contract periods. Do we have to work with you for a certain amount of time? And you also want to know what their pricing structure is. If they're charging you by the hour, if it's just for the project, um, if they have some type of percentage fee that they charge, um, that's kind of what you want to know up front. Very important. Alexis, you are wonderful. Where is the best place for people to connect with you online? Uh, Growthgroup.com. How about on the socials? Oh, Facebook is my kind of thing. And I'm trying to get into into Instagram, but yeah. On the socials. I sound like such a dad. (laughs) <laughs> well, you are a dad, so it's okay. Which, where are you on the socials? Can't seem to find you. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Facebook is the biggest thing. Um, so it's okay. growth group all over, everywhere online. Perfect. Everyone go check her out. Awesome. And you can find us as in the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. And don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you are there. Yes. As I mentioned earlier, my uh, acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, is available everywhere. Um, So go check it out. I'm also working on my second solo album, which I've been... uh, sporadically working on for a long time apparently you can be a part of it at marcinovelli.com slash pledge follow me on twitter facebook instagram spotify and patreon which are all my name marcinovelli that's m-a-r-c-i-o-n-o-v-e-l-l-i and i'm working on websites for various artists at the moment you can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk you'll find me on twitter and instagram as electric kiwi and on facebook electric kiwi design and that is e-l-e-c-t-r-i-c-k-i-w-i that's right. This yep, episode just, was uh, brought so, to you by yeah. Thirty Roses, a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives, as well as Chris Keaton, Music Entrepreneur HQ, Buck Naked Soap Company, and Social Surge. All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they keep this show show alive. That's right. Or as Ross yep. would say, it keeps the heart beating. Bum bum bum. bum yeah, I'm, yeah. Bum, bum. It does. It. <laughs> truly keeps the heart beating and if you would like to sponsor the show and be part of the you know keeping heart. that heart beating then uh, visit <laughs> patreon.com slash bridge the atlantic uh, we have recently updated our rewards which now include sponsorship at the start and end of our show as well as an opportunity for you to co-host an episode which we are still very very excited slash nervous slash scared 
about and hey if you don't want to hear if you don't want to hear a bunch of ads and stuff then you can just be our ad you know what would be better than instead of hearing like some random company's ads you can hear your name on here come on do it up we need you <laughs> you totally sound like some kind of like furniture ad i know or that something. was the idea <laughs> oh is that what you were going for well, good idea. you achieved it thank you make sure to subscribe on youtube and itunes so you don't miss any episodes and please do leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show so alexis thank you so much for coming on the show thank you for having me Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.